Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam. Hey! Ho! (laughs) Somebody is feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling good today, Renee, and I'm sure you're feeling good. I'm going to put Renee's business on blast. Renee just got back from Sin City, a.k.a. Las Vegas. Whoa. Yeah. What was you doing in uh, Vegas? (laughs) Uh, well, I actually went down there. Oh, no, there, Renee, uh, no, you know you're supposed to. What's, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. You was about to tell it all. You know what? I, I was about to spill some of it, but not all of it. <laughs> I actually went down there for a buddy's bachelor party, and we had a fantastic time. We stayed in a big suite up at the Cosmopolitan. Did typical bachelor party stuff, but surprisingly, I will say this, uh, and uh, this may be believable or not, but no strip clubs were involved. It was just all Las Vegas clubs, and uh, we had a grand old time. Boy, did we have a good time, and uh, spent a little money, you know, but that's Vegas. You don't spend or lose money in Vegas, then uh, it ain't Vegas. Okay, well, let me enlighten our fans that have not been to Las Vegas in a while. So, the Cosmopolitan is the IT Hotel, Center City, right in the middle of the street. Is right next to Aria, which is one of my favorite hotels. And the Cosmo is everything. If you guys, you may remember, Cosmo was the hotel last year that caught on fire. The pool yeah, area caught correct. on fire. But nonetheless, it's one of the hotels to be at. Is metropolitan feel? Is modern? Is hip? Is young? It's the place to be. And in regards to Las Vegas nightlife, there is really not much out there in america that compares to las vegas nightlife i mean i can name places that i've traveled to like dubai that have pretty awesome nightclubs because they're like mini mansion hotels or whatever they're so huge but las vegas clubs are definitely the place to be I mean, you're talking about 10,000 people capacity at some clubs. So, yeah, you know, I, I mean, you have Hackensack, you have all these clubs in Las Vegas, you know? Yeah. You know what's funny real quick, too? It's amazing how these clubs open up like at 11 o'clock and by 1130, there are so many massive people inside the club and such massive line outside the club. And it's like, how are they going to fit all these people in there? It's crazy, but they do. And boy, man, there's a lot of money going through this. Oh, yeah. I mean, just one side, completely side note, but on topic, I was in Ibiza this summer and I went to Pasha to see Black Coffee, one of my favorite DJs. He's a South African house DJ. And he opened for Solomon, who is a huge EDM DJ. The craziness about it is Solomon, the opening DJ, didn't grace the turntables until 3.15 a.m. I'm going to yeah. repeat that. 3.15 a.m. So when I got to the spot at 12.15, Black Coffee was already on the mic on the DJ turntables, which is crazy. So just think, I got to a club at 12.15 a.m., so midnight a.m., and the opening act was already on. The main DJ did not go on to 3.15. And you know what? That is absolutely correct because we saw Calvin Harris on Friday at the MGM at Hakkasan. He didn't start till 1.30, and then the very next night we saw Galantis, who didn't even step to the uh, stage until I think it was at... 2.30. And I was like... <laughs> yeah. And these places go on till 4, 5, 6 in the morning or whatever. I don't know. But uh, either way, it was, it's amazing. And, and I really had a great weekend. And how was yours, Tam? How My was yours? weekend was great. I'm not even going to bore you guys with any of the details because as always all i remember is watching nascar on sunday so let's jump into some nascar talk because i think we've been talking about five minutes already and haven't talked about nascar and this is a nascar (laughs) podcast that is correct okay well so as you guys know uh, renee was in las vegas but he did catch the highlights of the race and we had a lot of highlights and all you guys know at this moment that jimmy johnson mr six time is now almost 
on the verge of becoming Mr. Seven Time because Jimmy, he won at Martinsville. He's in the next round of the chase. Yeah, and you know what? And I was reading one of the articles that they uh, wrote about Jimmy. And you know what's crazy is uh, they were saying how, you know, he never really used to uh, say anything as far as like being the third driver to tie Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Richard Petty. But uh, I think now that it could become a reality, a very good possibility that that could happen. He's kind of embraced it, and I love it. Why not? I mean, he's uh, solidified his spot into the final round, and you know what? It's a good possibility the way he started to drive all of a sudden, even though he had such a horrible year. I mean, for Jimmy Johnson standards, he's racing lights out. (laughs) I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Renee, a lot of people didn't even have him getting out the first round, so for him to not only get out the first round, he's already in the last round. He is going to be at Homestead in the final four. Now, just kind of talking a little bit about Martinsville, Jimmy won. Our other eight chase drivers, uh, they did okay. Just a quick recap, and I'm not going to give you the complete top 10 at Martinsville, but what I will do is give you where our chase drivers placed. And believe it or not, we only had what was that? I think we had one, two, three, four, five. We had five drivers out of eight that came in the top 10. Now, mm-hmm. you had Jimmy, obviously, one. Denny Hamlin, and we have a lot to talk about Denny because Denny was just as angry as they get after Martinsville. He came in third. Matt Kenseth, my guy, came in fourth. You know what? I just want to kind of check myself. I root for Matt Kenseth, but I think that's actually the first time I ever said Matt Kenseth, my guy, because it's usually Tony Stewart, my guy. Right. Oh, God. This, but this under the changing, circumstances. Yeah, this changing of the guard is happening. So just to recap, so obviously Jimmy came in first. Denny Hamlin came in third. Matt Kenseth came in fourth. Kyle Busch came in fifth and Joy Logano came in ninth. So those were our top five drivers that placed in the top 10. Now, our other three chase drivers, Kevin Harvick, of all people, came in 20th. I didn't see that coming. And then we had Kurt Busch in 22nd and poor Carl Edwards, he came in 36. And that's pretty bad when you only have 40 drivers. Right. I'm not quite sure what was going on with that, but he has to do better next week or he's done. One um observation that I would like to comment on is Bad Brad. He came in second. You yeah. know, he's out to chase, but he's not out. I didn't mean to cut you off, Tam, but I thought that Brad was going to do this last weekend and it ended up being Joey Logano who pulled the rabbit out of his hat. But it was good to see Brad up at number two and i know during the race he had more time could have possibly caught up to jimmy johnson but just ran out of time ran out of laps and uh jimmy johnson took the checkered flag home so uh he gets into the victory lane and brad just has to uh unfortunately be on the outside looking in you know as competitive as brad kislowski is he was just dying to at least maybe try to win that race on Sunday. Yeah, and you know, somebody else that I want to mention is Martin Truex. He also came home with a top 10 finish coming in seventh place at Martinsville. And he's similar situation to Brad Keselowski where we thought if nobody else, these two drivers were going to be there at the end, and they're not. Mm. And lastly, of course, I want to... You know, if AJ Armadinger was here, I would high-five him because AJ, top 10. AJ seems to do really well on road courses and short tracks. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. Well, not crazy, but it's just interesting. But I think, too, because he's not a team that is super funded. Although, shout out to Louisiana Hot Sauce because they actually... Hit me up on Twitter. I hit them up on Twitter from a different Twitter account that I run. So I'm born and raised in California, but my family is from Louisiana. And all honesty, I only acknowledge Louisiana hot sauce as being the only hot sauce. This is real talk what? right now. I know you guys <laughs> love Tabasco, but to me, Tabasco is not hot sauce. I don't know what that god awful thing is. I'm very much right now in my cabinet. It's all about the Louisiana hot sauce. So I just want to give them a shout out. And this is not a paid endorsement. It's just a shout out for 
Louisiana hot sauce. And they're well, actually a sponsor of AJ Armadinger. So that's kind of how that came about. Okay. Well, I could tell you this real quick, Tam. Being raised in Texas, right next door to Louisiana, and my ex-wife and her family being from Louisiana, and uh, being around that culture for a long time, I got exposed to that Louisiana hot sauce, and I mean, I put it on everything. <laughs> it is amazing. So I second that motion, and I high-five you and the Louisiana hot sauce. Yeah, it's just something about that hot sauce. I don't know. Okay, we're going to get back to some NASCAR talk, but this is, you know, we try to mix it up on the podcast, but let me just say this about Louisiana hot sauce. I didn't know anything else growing up. That's what my mother used. That's what I know, Louisiana hot sauce. It wasn't until I moved to New York and I was like, oh, what's Tabasco? I mean, I guess I probably saw it at restaurants. I don't know. I was a kid. I didn't really, you know, I only know Louisiana hot sauce. And then when I yeah. tasted Tabasco, I was like, what is this? This is not hot well, sauce. This is not tell hot you sauce. What, if, we, if we ran out of Louisiana hot sauce, there was drama in that household. <laughs> Speaking of drama. <laughs> yeah, so let's get back to some NASCAR. That was like totally just to the left, but yes. any event. So yeah, getting back into some drama, the 29 lap caution. Renee, because I know you only saw the highlights of the race because you were too busy partying in Las Vegas. I'm going to let you guys know because I was confused. I was confused like everybody who was watching TV. In fact, if you right now... Put us on pause, but not too long. Run over to our website, allturnsnobreaks.com. We posted an article about the 29 lap caution, about the confusion that happened. And we actually highlighted some of the best of the best tweets from people like Joe Gibbs Racing, from Claire B. Lang, from NASCAR Sirius Radio, Jim Utter, uh, Dustin Long, Sherry Pollux, who you guys know is Martin Truex, longtime fiance, from Paige, who is actually Brad Keselowski's girlfriend, I guess soon to be wife, they have a kid together, Jeff Gluck, Steve O'Donnell, and from Bob Pockris, who is one of our favorite writers, one of our favorite NASCAR writers. I mm -hmm. mean, we pretty much cover tweets from all the heavy hitters in regards to NASCAR Nation when it comes to writing about NASCAR. And every single person was confused and did not know exactly what was going on. And I'm just not understanding why was it so much chaos? Basically, the caution flag came out in the middle of green flag pit stops. From there, it was complete chaos. Jimmy Johnson ran out of gas, but then he was able to get the car started and nobody knew what was going on, who was in what place. People was passing up Denny Hamlin. Denny was mad. This happened, that happened. Nobody knew who got the lucky dog wave around, blah, 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 on and on and on to the break of dawn. I don't know. I just had to add that. I felt like I was rapping yeah. right there. But um, <laughs> Yeah, little hip hop yeah. reference. I got it. Yeah, it was just such confusion. Yeah, and uh, A.J. Allmendinger also uh, ran out of gas, and they both literally stopped on the track. Was A.J. ran out of gas, too? I didn't even see that. You know more than yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And I didn't even see the race, but I looked it up and I read it. I think it was a really, just a weird decision on how, I guess, how the NASCAR officials finally figured out what the running order was. Because as you were talking about, people were passing up Denny Hamlin under caution, I think they should have been penalized. I mean, I thought that was the rule, and but apparently I was just as confused as everybody else. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if anybody really understood. I don't even know if the NASCAR officials even knew <laughs> what they were doing. And I saw that Brad Keselowski had made a comment saying, well, why didn't they just do a red flag, stop the race, and really figure this out? Which they really could have done, Tam. They, they could have done that. I'm not sure why they didn't do it. And going back to Denny, because Denny was the most disgruntled out of everybody while it was happening after he actually was on the radio and he was quoted as saying, it's not right. They can't go green. O'Donnell, I told you to get this. And then there was an adult word used, right? And that was something that Dustin Long actually tweeted out because he was listening to Denny Hamlin's radio at the time. And if you guys don't know, Dustin Long is a editor and writer for NBC Sports. He's actually really, really good writer and one of those guys who, you know, knows NASCAR. Again, we're fans. Not that we don't know NASCAR, but, you know, I, I always like to 
reiterate that we're NASCAR fans who like to talk about NASCAR and that's what this podcast is about. Now, honestly, I do think in some regards, I probably can go toe to toe with some of the best of the best. I'm not I'm being honest, but I don't write about yeah, NASCAR no, every day. And not only do I not write about it, some of the stuff I don't really care about because you guys know how I feel about inspections. I don't care about no twerk, no inspections, all that stuff, you know, whatever. That was a complete side note. But nonetheless, yeah. so that was, you know, what Denny had to say while everything was happening from his car radio. He was very upset. Yeah, well, you know, they talked to a NASCAR official after the race. He said that they believed that they got it right, and I'm sure that they did. But it's one thing if NASCAR officials think they they got it right, and it's another thing if a lot of drivers, and most of them, obviously, the ones that are in the chase, didn't think they got it right. So I think because of what we're talking about, and they know that the stakes are high, I'm very surprised that they didn't just bring out a red flag and then just really, really take their time to look and see what the correct running order should have been. Because if I'm Denny Hamlin, I'd be pissed too. I'll be honest with you. Just one other thing I wanted to add to this and why it made no sense. You have cameras, you have automated, computerized everything around the track. And again, I know NASCAR doesn't have instant replay per se, but why not just throw out the red flag, stop what you're doing, freeze the field where they are, and check out all your cameras and computers and make sure you get this correct. One thing Claire B. Lang actually tweeted was, and I'll give you her exact quote. She said, I'm so wondering what the fan at home understands if no one here understands who is doing what? Hashtag sorted out. That's pretty much what was going on. They were trying to figure it out. The fans at home were confused. The NBC people were like, duh. Everybody was like, duh. It was just way too long to stop that race for that long. And uh, Renee, uh, just, 20, yeah. 29 laps to figure that out. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we can go on about that, but let's get back to some racing. In fact, let's talk about some hard racing because Mr. Denny Hamlin was upset. He was upset. I don't know. Do you think he thought that Jimmy raced him too hard? What what, what was it all about? Yeah, especially on that short track there at Martinsville, there's always room for a little bumping and hard nose racing a little bit. I think this all goes back to just exactly what we're talking about as far as what's at stake here. This is not like the beginning of the season or in the middle of the season. This is the chase. And tensions get high. Emotions get high. And there's talking about the next round to go to. You know what I mean? And everybody's going to want to win. I can understand. But, uh, I mean, maybe he's got a point. But I just think that, you know, I think because of what's at stake here and it's the chase. And everybody's trying to solidify their spot to the next round. I think that's the basis of all of that, really, tell you the truth. Well, let's throw out another quote. This one from Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Six-Time himself actually you know what he's mr nine time at martinsville because that was actually his ninth win that's pretty crazy to dominate a track like that that's amazing but mr six time as in mr six time champion he said quote i'm out there to win we got points on the line we got a championship on the line i got accused of racing hard i'll take that as a compliment That was Jimmy Johnson's exact words. And we already know that was in regards to Denny, who was in Flipmo City. To your point, Renee, I'm not mad. You got a championship on the line and you got money on the line. I don't know. If you ain't motivated to go out and do your best and to race somebody hard, then you shouldn't be out on the track. Yeah, and you shouldn't be in the chase either. Exactly, you know. I don't know. We already know. I'm a fighter, not a lover. So there you have it. (laughs) (laughs) yes that is true okay so what else should we talk about you know what first of all let's uh since we just read off a quote there was another quote from mr six time mr six time had a lot to say and after winning that race he said quote i've been trying to ignore this conversation about seven as in seven championships Renee, do you think Jimmy Johnson is going to win his seventh championship and tie the King and the Intimidator? You know what? I think he can, and I think he will. And that's just me watching him race 
these last several races. And I think because he knows that it is right at the fingertips of his hand, I think he's going to go after it. And I think he's going to do whatever he can to get it done. And I'll be honest with you, Tim, I see him pulling it off. I honestly see him pulling it off. Don't be surprised if he does it too. Wow. I don't know. I feel like he is. I'm torn. Let's just keep it real. I'm torn because I want him to win, but I don't want him to win. There yeah. are a couple of reasons why I don't want him to win, and I won't share them all, but I will share what I feel like NASCAR fans feel. They don't want him to win because they don't want him to tie the greatest to ever do it. And that is both, in some people's opinion, that's both Dale Earnhardt Sr. as well as Richard Petty. Now, I do want to see this guy win because I like winners. I'm not one of these people who, like how people hate Kobe and they hate LeBron because they're winners. I'm not like that. I'm all for a winner. But there's a part of me that wants him to win and there's a part of me that doesn't want him to win. In all honesty, I would like to see Matt Kenseth win. But then on the flip side, I wouldn't be mad if Carl Edwards won because I'm very much, I like Carl Edwards. I'm a hybrid between a person who wants to see the underdog win, but I'm not mad at a person who works hard and goes out and wins either. Well, you're absolutely right. That is a very good point. And real quick, don't be surprised. You know that one guy that's still in the chase who's great when his back is up against the wall. Kevin Harvick. Is... Exactly. There you go. I knew you was going to the go there. Number four finds a way. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting because Kyle got a win last year. Kurt is an interesting character. I wouldn't be mad if Kurt won either, but I have to just be honest. My heart is with Matt Kenseth at this very moment or with Carl Edwards, but I wouldn't be mad if Jimmy won. In all honesty, I don't think I would be mad if anybody won, and that's even Joey Logano. I personally think that we love to hate Joey. But you know what? If he won, I wouldn't be mad. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm sounding like a very confused person at this point, but I'm not really confused. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm not mad if anybody wins. There's nobody that I actually hate in NASCAR, which is crazy. We talked about this last week about NASCAR not having any villains. There are some villains. It's just that I, I don't feel that way towards any of the drivers. I have yeah. my issues. Well, I don't really have issues with Brad because I like Brad Kozlowski with Joy. I interviewed Joy and I thought Joy was a weird kid, but he was nice. Like, I don't know. Joy's always happy. So I can't really see how anybody can hate Joy. I'm just the person who's in the middle. So I can't say that I love or hate or want one person not to win. I obviously would like if Matt Kenseth or Carl Edwards won, but you know, it is what it is. So nonetheless, so let's move on to what else should we talk about? There's so much to talk about. Renee, what do you think? So let's talk about Smoke and Jeff Gordon possibly returning to the racetrack in the near future, maybe next year. You think that's a possibility? Uh, Well, you know what? It's funny you said that because that was a perfect segue to what I said, moving on. I don't know. I feel like Jeff Gordon has moved on. I think that he was completely done when he retired, but I also felt that, you know, when the opportunity came up, he didn't hesitate to jump back in and help out Dale Jr. and Hendrick Motorsports. Because after all, you know, he's closely tied in with them in terms of business and everything else. But I honestly think that, Although he came in six at Martinsville, I feel as if he's done. I don't know. And now with Smoke, I think Smoke is not done. That's just my thing. But I do think Jeff Gordon is done. Well, I actually think the opposite, which is completely weird. But I guess my feeling from Smoke as this whole year has ended and then when he was eliminated from the chase i don't know my vibe from him was like i think he's done and i think he's okay with that jeff gordon is the one that i thought i don't know i could see this guy like really like wanting to get back on the racetrack again and uh, and for all honesty 
you're right, he did come in six at Martinsville. And Dale Jr. even was quoted saying that he doesn't believe that this is the last time that Jeff Gordon's going to race at Martinsville or even again. He really felt like Jeff Gordon still had that urge to race. And I believe it. I mean, not just because it's Dale Jr., just the way he talked. Even him in the booth talking about the race when he's commentating on the race, it's like he wants to get back on the track. Maybe he is done. I don't know. But I get the feeling that he might want to get back in the car again and maybe get back on that track and race again. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to have to strongly disagree because I feel like the racing is inconvenience in his life. It worked out because I don't know if you know, but Jeff Gordon is actually about to drop his book and he's Mm. on a book tour and, you know, he was in vacation. He was actually in France and here and there. So I feel like he had really prepared to move on with his life and he's pretty much doing them a favor. Now, Will he get the urge or the itch every once in a while? I think any great driver and any champion will. He seemed like he was at peace when he moved on and he retired. Now, again, I don't think Tony will be at peace. I think Tony thinks he's going to be at peace. But then on the flip side, Tony still has his dirt track racing and I'm sure he's going to do something else. Like, in all honesty, I wouldn't be surprised if Tony jumped into IndyCar. That is a very good possibility and a very good question i think tony's done mentally with nascar he's not done physically he's probably still wants to drive but i think with nascar he's old school it's so much drama so many root packages so many changes tony's not with all that so i think he's done with nascar but i know in my heart because that's my guy that tony's not done with racing but i feel like he could easily just leave NASCAR and go race in IndyCar. Well, the one question that really needs to be asked and answered, will Dale Jr. race again? Dale Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think Dale's loving the booth. I feel like with Dale, I think Dale has some unfinished business. So I don't think Dale is done. I think that if he can't go physically then he's going to be forced to be done and he will be okay with that but i don't think he's done mentally because this is what i've always said for many years about Dell jr Dell is just coming within his own you know he's at a point where he's Dell. He's Dale Earnhardt Jr., not Jr. Mm -hmm. in the sense that, yeah, I'm senior son. He has become his own man, his own personality. And it's almost like he woke up one day and realized, I can't continue to hold the weight and the pressure of my dad's shadow on my shoulder. And I think only now he has become dale he is dale he is his own dale earnhardt jr not and again not junior junior but created his own path now it's like his own road and i respect i totally agree with you i don't think he's done either although i think you're right i think maybe based on medical opinions and uh whether or not he can physically race again i don't see this guy being done by any means uh and as a fan of nascar and as a fan of dale jr i hope he gets back in the car i hope he gets back on the racetrack but like we've said before it wouldn't bother me at all if he just couldn't and goes to the booth because that guy is he's so good <laughs> yes, in the booth he he's, is he's and fantastic i, I just want to give a shout out to amy dale jr's girlfriend so because you're in vegas you probably missed the tweet But I actually tweeted from our account, shout out to Amy, Dell Jr.'s fiance, because Dell Jr. stepped up his wardrobe game. He came in with a nice purple tie and a nice fitted suit jacket. And guess what? Amy actually liked our tweet. All right. Yes. Maybe she had something to do with it. Well, that's what I said. That's why I said shout out to Amy because Dale Jr. stepped up his wardrobe game. Hey, sometimes us men need a little woman's touch, so I'm not knocking that at all. Well, we saw what he looked like last week. That jacket, I don't know where he got that jacket from, but... He was looking sharp. Yeah, I don't know what was going on, but he stepped it up, and I think Amy had a lot to do with it. He looked really handsome, so, so again, shout out to Amy for pretty much liking our tweet so awesome okay Renee on that note we have to go into our segment that 
Sometimes it's a great segment and sometimes it's a not so nice segment. And that's uh, our segment on what's going on in NASCAR. You guys may not be aware, but our show is segmented each week because we don't really tell you guys what segment it is, but we have like a little flow of the show. And typically before we do our fan comment of the week and our race predictions, we always go into what's going on in NASCAR. So right now we're going to tell you what is going on in NASCAR. If you guys have not heard or have not seen There is an article on Charlotte Observer, and it was written by Catherine. Oh my goodness, I'm not great with pronunciations when it comes to people's names, but I'm going to attempt to pronounce it. It is Perlata. Yeah, I think that's about right. That sounds good to me. Yeah, Catherine (laughs) Perlata. So she wrote an article, and the article is titled simply, Judging from readers' comments, discontent with NASCAR runs deep. And she goes in to talk about how NASCAR fans feel about everything that's going on in NASCAR. And she actually offers some pretty interesting statistics. She says there's a 28% decline in revenue from emissions from 2010 to 2015 at Speedway Motorsports, which owns nine tracks, including the one in Charlotte. And there's a 51% decline in emissions revenue at Dover Motorsports, which owns four tracks from 2010 to 2015. She also goes on to quote some other people and, you know, their thoughts about NASCAR and how several Twitter users pretty much have tweeted never-ending rule changes as well as the chase format announced in 2014 as reasons why they hate NASCAR. Ticket prices have gotten out of hand, as one commenter wrote. It just goes on and on and on and on. Renee, we've said this before, I'll say it again. It's hard to please any sports fan, but it seems right now at this very moment in time in 2016, NASCAR fans are at an all-time high in regards to hating the sport. What are your thoughts? You know, the article, I read it too as well, and uh, I think... A lot of what you said about Tony mentally being done with NASCAR because he's just an old school kind of driver uh, and that old school kind of guy. And uh, I think part of that is what the fans are also going through as well because NASCAR fans are very old school. And I understand that some of them have the mentality of why can't we just go back to how it used to be and all these rule changes and stuff. But, you know, I think every sport, not just NASCAR, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, these major sports always come up with new ideas or new rules to try to help enhance the game, protect players, drivers, try to bring in a new fan base somehow. So I can understand that we have to evolve with time, especially with sports. But, you know, a lot of these NASCAR fans, they're just old school, Tam. That's the mental state that they have. And some people just don't like change for whatever reason. I can understand that because there are moments where I don't like change. But you know what? Sometimes you need change. And sometimes you have to change when you really don't want to. But it's a part of life. It's a part of the sport world. Some people just like to live in the past. (laughs) And I can understand that. So sometimes I like listening to 80s music. I'm like, man, this is some really good music. And God, I don't like any of the junk out now. But every once in a while, like I hear these new songs and I'm like into it. But uh, you know what? I still like the 80s and I go man why can't we just make music like that anymore or why can't we just make videos like that anymore just goes back to what I was saying you know times change and you know you just have to evolve well Renee we're newer NASCAR fans and that's not taking anything away from us because we are NASCAR fans but no we weren't fans back in the Richard Petty days I mean hell I don't even think we were alive back in those days but what I would say a newer fan I'm disgruntled because I do agree with a lot of what the older fans are saying. And that's because, like, I'm not a fan who just jumped on the bandwagon. Like, I can't quote you every stat, but I am aware of the good old days because I studied NASCAR. And every chance that I get, I'm watching NASCAR specials. I'm reading statistics. I'm watching old videos. I 
I'm particularly fond of beef in NASCAR. So I'm always watching, you know, the good old days where they got out the car and banged them up or they banged up the cars while they were in them retaliating. With that being said, as somebody who considers themselves a new fan, but is very much aware of what happened in the old days, I'm disgruntled at times because there are things that I don't like. You know, a lot of it is I just feel like things are changing all the time and unnecessarily. Again, I've said this probably four times on this podcast. Sometimes NASCAR changes the rules right in the middle of the race. It seems like most leagues wait until the end of the season and then they sit down and they review things and then they change them. Now, if it's something that's to do with safety, by all means, let's find an answer very quickly. But some of this stuff is just foolishness. It's like something happens this week, next week, they change. It's just constant. Well, you know, you guys know how I feel. Let us know. You can always tweet us. We're pretty active on Twitter. We have a couple of diehards on Twitter that chime in that always have something to say each week. And we love them. Our website is live. You can always leave a comment on our website, which is allturnsnobreaks.com. Again, that's allturnsnobreaks.com. Twitter account is turnsnobreaks. And our Instagram, which right now we actually have about three questions posted on Instagram. You guys are more than welcome to comment on them. Our Instagram is turns no break. Again, that's turns no breaks. So piggybacking off of the article, that is going to take us into our fan comment of the week. So our fan comment, and I'll actually read probably two or three comments. And these are from the article on Charlotte Observer. These are actually comments directly on that article that I think are worth reading. And I'm just going to pick two or three at random because there were so many comments. And of course, they were all from diehard NASCAR fans. You could pretty much tell the enthusiasm and the passion in the comment as they were typing it. So our first comment, it comes from a guy by the name of Jake Hager. He says, quote, the chase needs to go. It is stupid AF. And if you guys don't know, stupid as. uh, (laughs) So he says it's stupid as AF and makes no sense. I am by no means a Brad Keselowski fan, but the dude has won four races this year and is no longer eligible to win the championship. Like, really? With a question mark. Also, the fact that smaller teams never get a chance to grow ticks me off. That is a very, 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 very direct and to the point comment. I do want to chime in really quick and I'll let you say something about this and then we'll go to our next comment. But basically what Jake is saying really makes sense. Brad Kozlowski has won four races and he may win another race before the season ends. And he's not eligible to be in a championship because he had one bad race. Wow. That's all I can say as well, because this guy, Jake, I mean, just nailed it. I mean, talk about a very good point. I have to agree with the guy. A guy wins four races. He's not eligible, but you get one guy who wins one race and he's in the final round. It's a weird setup, Tam, but this is exactly what we were talking about in the previous segment, how these rule changes, they just come about. And I can understand that people, they don't like it, but unfortunately, this is part of this era that we go through of the rule change. I mean, it's constantly changing and it's frustrating as NASCAR fans because we never know like, well, what's the rule? Like, it seems like NASCAR doesn't really like break it down to us because I think they have to spoon feed it to us a little bit. You know, I mean, I'm just as much of a fan as you are and anybody else out there who's a NASCAR fan. And sometimes I just don't get it. Because... Some of the rules I don't get, like you have to spoon feed it to me, you know? Well, here's what they do. They're constantly changing the rules and making it up as they go and then they have a press conference and it's like yeah this is what happened there you go boom it's crazy well you know let's go on to another comment or this comment comes Mm -hmm. from randy smith and just a fyi you know i read the names off most of the time of these comments but you guys know in the internet world who knows if this is their real names (laughs) because i know i usually don't give up my government name on anything that is being posted to the World Wide Web. So nonetheless, this comment comes from Randy Smith. He says, quote, I'm done with NASCAR because number one, they're ramming Toyota and Sprint down my throat. Number two, Earnhardt, Gordon, and Stewart are gone. Number three, I don't get half 
well, actually, this is a typo, but he's saying, I don't get half the channels they broadcast races on. It was nice when they raced actual cars. And then he says, Chevy and Ford really have V8 sports cars. Toyota does not, nor will they ever have one. Now, that, I, this again was a, a quote picked at random, but I thought it was important to read this one only because it's the never ending, I hate Toyota. Why is Toyota racing in NASCAR? <laughs> And this actually really kind of goes back to NASCAR being an American sport and people in the South and probably people all over the United States feel as if Toyota is not an American made car and it shouldn't be present in an American sport, yada, yada, yada. I don't really feel one way or the other about Toyota racing in NASCAR. I don't really care. I'm not... I don't drive a Toyota and I probably will never drive a Toyota, but I do drive a foreign car. So I can't really say much about it. I, I Jap, Japan is one of my favorite places. I don't know if that makes sense. Wait, is Toyota well, in Japan or China? I don't even know. But yeah, but his comment was interesting because I have to chime in on the channel situation. There was one weekend not too long ago where the Xfinity race came on NBC, the regular NBC, and mm. the cup race came on the NBC Sports Channel. And I kept thinking to myself, they got it backwards. The cup races should be on NBC. Like, how do you have the Xfinity race on the free channel and not the cup? But nonetheless, that was my observation about that comment. Renee, you yeah. have something to add to that? I do. And first of all, this guy, whoever he is, I'm going to just throw this out there. Here's a guy who's probably at least in his 60s because he sounds like my father. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if my father has a Twitter account <laughs> under that name. Yeah, this is obviously an old school head who just um, doesn't like to see a foreign car, not only in America, but especially on a NASCAR racing track. So I can totally understand that. I personally have driven a uh, Toyota, and uh, I'm going to say this, that as much as I hate giving money to you know, the Japanese, that's one heck of a car. It is one heck of a car. And when I say I got my money's worth, I got my money's worth in that car. I drove that car for 14 years and had literally, I'm not making this up, I had over 325,000 miles on that Man, sucker. Man, Renee, until did, it you, did you drive that across country down. 10 times? How do you accumulate 300,000 miles on a car? Yeah, you know what? You take very good care of your first of all you buy a Toyota uh, that's how you do that you really honestly have to take care of your car you got to treat it like it's your baby and because it is your baby and you invested in that baby and you make sure that you get it an oil change when it oil changes do you make sure you take care of those tires and you just do the little necessities of just making sure that you you keep the car running very very smooth and don't neglect it and that's how I got that car to run for so long. And it's an amazing car. I'll be honest with you. Toyotas make a really, really good car. However, going back to the fan's comment, I can understand that, you know, and like I said, this is just an old school cat who probably just, you know, doesn't care for that. And that's obviously one guy's opinion. But then there's some other people who probably like to see Toyotas on the racetrack. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody out there that wants to start seeing Mazdas on the racetrack. I don't know. But nevertheless, I can understand, you know, the uh, frustration that this guy probably has because he seems like he's got a very old school mentality. As far as the uh, stations are concerned, as far as like whether you can find it on a regular TV channel. Now that part, I'm going to have to agree with him because that is very frustrating when you're trying to watch the race and you're literally like flipping through channels going, where is this race? And it's over on a station that half the country doesn't even know about. And that's what's so frustrating. So I, I agree with him on that, at least on that part. Renee, I want to add one more comment and then we have to really quickly wrap it up and get to our predictions because we've talked a long time. It's a lot to say, but I wanted to add one additional comment to the TV comment. This one is perfect. Again, it's picked at random, but I saw the word TV. So I said, let me read this one. So Lynn Hart, who actually says he's an editor at True View Blogspot, whatever that is, he says, quote, NASCAR has left the fans and went after the money. We can't not watch a race on regular TV anymore. NASCAR sells the rights to cable and satellite, and many of us do not have that. They don't even want to hear from us, or they would have a contact us link on their website. If they don't think 
they need us. Why should we care about them? When you can't watch the races on TV, you start getting used to watching something else. Okay, I think that pretty much sums it up. I don't know. I I can't really disagree with that, but I will laugh at the contact us comment because as somebody who is an entrepreneur who owns a couple of websites, I have the contact us button on one of my websites strictly to make money. Don't contact me if it's not about advertising. (laughs) No, just kidding. I mean, let me not, (laughs) let me not say that. I mean, anybody can contact me, but I think at this point, most people voice their frustrations on social anyway. So nonetheless, let's move on to Renee Garcia's favorite. And when I say favorite, I mean favorite part of the show. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, <laughs> let's jump into some predictions. Predictions, predictions, predictions. We are in my home state of Texas. Yes, I love this racetrack. I'm sitting here and as I'm watching each week and each round go by and I'm watching this whole thing unfold, it's kind of tough to really call who's going to win the next race. And not saying that Jimmy Johnson will not win this race because he could easily win this race as well. But I'm not going to go with Jimmy Johnson and hear me out. I know you know where I'm going to probably go with this, but it's just like I mentioned before. If there's one guy that comes out of nowhere when he needs a win, it's my man, Kevin Harvick. Number four car is going to win Homestead. He's going to win it. And I'm not going to say he's going to dominate. So he's going to win Homestead gonna... or he's going to win Texas? You done jumped all the way to the end. Where do you, where do you Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's back up. Yeah, I'm getting already further ahead. He is going to win at Texas. Okay. He's going to win at Texas. And I'm not saying he's going to dominate, but I think he's going to have a really, really good race at Texas. Now, I am going to go with a little dark horse here, and I'm going to say Denny Hamlin might come out of the woodwork and win that race possibly, uh, just based on, you know, his little tirade and rant that he went on this past weekend. Uh, I might have maybe lit a fire under his butt, and it's a possibility. I see him winning as my dark horse, but I see Kevin Harvick, the number four car, winning that race in Texas. Okay, so there you have it. Renee is going with freaky fast Kevin Harvick. I think he just wants to go to Outback on Monday and get him a blooming onion. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and then Denny, I mean, Denny's a safe pick because he's mad. So who knows? I will be honest, though, when you mentioned Jimmy, I stood up. Like, I, I literally got straight up in my chair and I was like, oh, where is he going with this? <laughs> okay. So our weekly history lesson, I'm going to give you the past five winners at Texas over the past five years. Now, you know, we've raced twice each year in Texas, in April and as well as in November. So I am about to read you the November winners. So in 2015, Jimmy Johnson. 2014, Jimmy Johnson. 2013, Jimmy Johnson. 2012, Jimmy Johnson. And 2011, my guy, Tony Smoke Stewart. That's a lot of Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Fun fact, Jimmy is a six-time winner in Texas six times so it seemed like I read Jimmy's name a lot so just to kind of put it in perspective Jimmy won in November 2015 April 2015 November 2014 November 2013 November 2012 and November 2007 so it was five years before he went on this rent where he actually won a race in Texas every year from 2012 until 2015. Before I give you my predictions, I also want to add another quick fun fact. Your man, Kyle Busch, they just created a rule for this guy where cup drivers have to limit the amount of time they race in Xfinity races. And this track may be why they created the rule. Do you know that Kyle Busch is an eight-time winner in the Xfinity race at Texas? Eight times. Mm, Now, yeah. Now, the craziness is he's only won two cup races in Texas, but he's an eight-time winner in the Xfinity League at Texas. So let's give you my predictions because I know you want it. You want it? Yeah, you guys want it. Okay, I'm going with, I don't know. I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson, but I don't feel like I want to go with Jimmy Johnson to win. I want to go with Jimmy Johnson as my dark horse. And I'm feeling like Kyle Busch is mad. Denny is mad. 
But mm. Kyle is mad because we didn't even talk about it earlier when we were talking about everybody being mad. But Kyle is mad. He had a lot to say. In fact, Kyle was actually mad at his teammates, which we can't see this. You know, you guys are teammates. I know all that goes out the window when we're in the chase. But we saw last week Kevin Harvick tried to punch his teammate Kurt Busch. Now Kyle Busch is mad at his teammates. Denny Hamlin mad at everybody. So with that being said, I feel like Jimmy, as what's the song say? Ain't got no worries. Uh, ain't got no worries. I don't know. That's another hip hop <laughs> reference. And clearly I'm an EDM head, but I do know some of the hip hop songs. So yeah. Jimmy ain't got no worries. And the fact that he is a six time winner at Texas, I'm feeling like Jimmy is my dark horse and Kyle Bush is mad and he is a racer and he is a winner. So I'm going with Kyle Bush as my prediction. So there you have it, guys. Oh. And uh, you heard it first right here on All Turns No Breaks. Every week, as we always do each and every week, we always thank you guys for uh, tuning into our podcast. And we certainly really appreciate any feedback you have. You can hit us up, like Tam always says, on our social media. You can also find us on our own personal social media. As a matter of fact, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at It's Rene Garcia. That's at ITS. R-E-N-E-G-A-R-C-I-A. And Tam, they can find you where? You can find me at I am sincerely Tam on Instagram, Snap, and Twitter. And make sure you guys follow us because I said something last week, but I want to remind you, we, as in half of All Turns No Breaks, me, will be at... Texas this week and I will be on our Twitter account on our Instagram account I'll be on my personal Twitter and my personal Instagram account I will also be on the Instagram and Twitter account of a website called mankindunplugged.com and the Twitter for that is mankind stuff Instagram is mankind unplugged and lastly I will be on the Twitter and Instagram of an account called male standards so if you guys did not catch all that Yes, I'm going to be at Texas and I'm going to be tweeting up a storm, Instagramming up a storm and Snapchatting up a storm. And in between all that, I'm actually having dinner with my prediction to be Ricky of the year. And I'm not going to tell you guys because I know you listen to this show and you already know. <laughs> and with that being said, thank you once again for tuning in. Please tune in each and every week as we recap the races and we uh, give our predictions. And hopefully your guy, whoever your driver is, wins this weekend, as I hope our drivers win that we uh, predict that is going to win this weekend in Texas. So for Tam, for myself, thank you once again. Be good to each other. Please do yourself a favor and go vote. Make a difference. And we will see you here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 